Welcome to the British American Business Council Los Angeles podcast. The BABC LA is part of a vast transatlantic network celebrated across the US and UK for its important social and business connections. Each episode, you'll hear enlightening interviews with British and American experts across industries. Good afternoon, everybody. My name is James Langridge, and I'm the president of the British American Business Council here in Los Angeles. Just absolutely delighted to see everyone coming back and listening in again today for another travel update with our esteemed fellow board member, travel wizard, Jonathan Cowley. Jonathan, good afternoon. How are you? Very good, James. Great to see you again. It's fabulous. You know, you're going to get sick of me one of these days, so I'm going to milk it (laughs) for as long as possible. There we go. Not, Not for now. And wonderful to have so many attendees. I know that we have a lot of attendees today, and that's only going to build over the, the course of the discussion. Just to recap, Jonathan, when was our last one? We hosted one with Virgin Atlantic, and then, so that was a couple of months ago. It was a couple of months ago, yeah. Really, for me, the lingering question, and we've got a lot of different questions. I don't want to take away too much. We've got 45 minutes, knock out as much as we can. But my big question is, what is going on? Well, just what's going on? Let's start there. Go for it, Jonathan. So, well, I run Cornish Travel, so we're dealing with travel all over the world. But today we're here to talk about London, to travel between the UK and the US. So specifically, what's going on with the UK and the US? There is some changes afoot, some very positive changes coming in place, which will mean that fully vaccinated Brits. So I'm a Brit, you're a Brit, but we're not UK residents. We weren't vaccinated in the UK through the NHS. So it's not relevant to your me. But from July 19th, individuals will be allowed to not go into quarantine when re-entering the UK if they come in from a amber country. So if you have family members with you right now in LA, if they go back to the UK, they will then not be required to go into quarantine because they are fully vaccinated, which is fantastic. I mean, It's great news. And to be honest, it's really the precursor because there is no doubt that that will eventually become the norm is for the UK that regardless of nationality, you will be uh, allowed to enter the UK uh, if you're fully vaccinated and not have to quarantine. But unfortunately, the day they announced it, I was up at 3am because I knew the announcement was coming out at 3 and it was a roller coaster ride because I was excited. It said reopening, nobody needs to quarantine if they're coming from an amber country. And then, as you went further down the text, it said this is only relevant to UK residents who were vaccinated through the NHS. So, that's a big positive, James. It really is. And I think that the other thing that's key to this is that our friends at British Airways and Virgin Atlantic, especially out of LA, are trialing this new fast track vaccinated arrival scheme at Heathrow and the idea of that is that uh, BA has an app called Verifly which uh, American Airlines is using as well. The idea is that you come to the airport ready that you don't have to have you know loads of pieces of paper with your vaccination certificate your uh, test certificate etc etc. So what you do is is you have so far Jonathan it's working well. It's working really, really well. There's a lot of people, um, especially with my Brits in LA family and friends, a lot of them have been using it and been talking about it because it means you've got everything in one place. You don't have to you know, print out another copy of the vaccination certificate, etc. It's all in one place. So what they're trialing is that effectively you will check in with this. You'll be fast tracked at Heathrow. 
unfortunately right now, it doesn't mean you avoid quarantine. But obviously what the airlines are trying to prove is if the government tomorrow said, right, we're opening up to fully vaccinated individuals, they would be able to turn it on literally overnight. So we're in the right place. Everything is in place for this to open up. It's opening up for, as I say, Brits that are residents of the UK. But uh, it's just for us, all of us who are out here as expats, unfortunately right now, it doesn't help us. Well, thanks for that, first of all, Jonathan. And it's always great to have you here. There's so many different questions. So if anyone is tuning in right now, welcome. And you're listening to another uh, travel update podcast by the British American Business Council. Welcome. If just a quick housekeeping note, if you're looking to ask us a question, please do, because Jonathan has the answers. There's a Q&A button at the base of the screen. Click on that, open up the question and write a question in there. And we'll either bring you in live or I'll ask the question for you. We have limited time today, so get us your questions as soon as you can and we'll get them going. Jonathan, I just wanted to ask a quick question just from one I've got. Is my lovely parents are desperate to come out and see their grandchildren. They haven't been able to fly directly here. Now, there are alternatives, and I know we can dig into that. Yep. One of the things that's being mentioned is, a tra- is an actual um, travel passport or a vaccination passport. Is there any realistic... I mean, I, I could see something like that happening, but I can't see anything like that happening in the very near future. Can you, or am I completely off point? No, but I, I think this Verifly app is kind of going in that direction so that is effectively a doc, a electronic version of your vaccination and or your tests because you know we don't know eventually what the rules will be will it be that they'll accept obviously anybody coming into the the uk regardless of if they're vaccinated or not um, it's just you have to have a negative test before you board the aircraft so this app isn't just for fully vaccinated people just to be very clear the app is for individuals who aren't vaccinated but have had their test before they board the aircraft. So I think that between the UK and the US, this is the future for sure. Obviously, there's a lot of issues with regard to regulations in each country. I mean, right now, Europe is confusing because certain countries will let you in if you're vaccinated without having a test. Some will let you in if you are unvaccinated, but you have to have a test, whereas others, it's different. So there's no consistency across Europe right now. That's the biggest issue. Just to clarify something, I know we've got a couple of questions coming in. We're going to jump to you guys very Mm. shortly. So Jonathan, are you saying if I want to jump on a plane today and go to Europe, are you saying I still have to quarantine, but only in certain, like, for example, Greece, I could travel to Greece as an American citizen. There's no straight answer to that one because, for example, give you a very good example, Italy have something called a quarantine free flight. So they are allowing you to fly from JFK to Milan or Rome right now. And if you go on Delta or American, you get tested before you board the aircraft and then you get tested on arrival. And as long as you pass those tests, you don't have to quarantine, but you have to be on those specific flights. So if you flew LA, London, London, Milan, those regulations wouldn't apply to you. So it's really, there isn't a straight answer for Europe. There are a lot of places in Europe you can go to without quarantining, yes, for sure. Jonathan, I appreciate that. It is it's clear as mud then, is what we're yeah, saying. Basically, basically. Okay, let's jump into a couple of questions here because we're getting some good ones. Yes. So I mean, thanks for, you've got a couple of questions here. Jonathan, does the Verify app work for Virgin Airlines as well as BA? I'm assuming yes. No, it doesn't. Oh. Virgin has their own. I honestly can't remember the name of it, but Virgin Atlantic does have their own app. Very similar. Virgin does have their own app. 
Great. And then how many hours? So same person, Zoe. Great questions, by the way. How many hours do we before we fly do we need to arrive at LAX, London Heathrow? Is it similar to now? Is it just a similar, or do we need to allow extra time? Yeah, I think you do need to allow extra time. I I've heard from a couple of well, the two UK carriers. I, I spoke to them the other day um, about what the airport experience is right now. And as I said, although the loads continue to be relatively low, they are still required to check your documentation before they let you check in. So the process is taking longer. And as some of you may have experienced, there have been a number of flights cancelled back to London, and that's resulted in the consolidation of flights, meaning that if you were traveling yesterday, you're now traveling the following day, and you'll find that now the flight's relatively full because it's two flights worth of people. So it's very difficult to predict right now. We're advising people get to the airport three hours before. You know, you, you'll probably find you will, that'll be far too long. But I think it's better to be safer than sorry, because if you're on that full flight, you could be in line for a, a very long time. And I know that some things that the airlines are looking at, BA as an example, is looking at now introducing the opportunity to, to have your bags picked up the night before you travel from home so that you don't have to deal with that. You can go straight to the gate, not bother with your bags. And the lounges, Jonathan, to the best of your knowledge, most of the lounges are open as well, right? So you can make use of those at the airport. It depends. Most of the, of the domestic carriers, yes, but in the US, a lot of international carriers continue not to have lounges open. The domestic carriers, American United, Delta, yes, you, you can use their lounges. For example, I had a customer travel the other day on Virgin and he used the Delta Lounge. Uh, some British Airways travellers, they use the American Airlines Lounge in Terminal 4. So yeah, the, all the American Airlines, they're not all open. You know, some of the lounges are still closed, but uh, the majority of US carriers do have a lounge facility, yes. So we can get our bags picked up. We don't have to worry about that. Mm. We can use the lounge. And if we know, you know, the concierge is at the airport as well, that can help. In fact, have you, I mean, obviously we all know Alma and we love her. And she runs a very uh, good uh, concierge service through the airport. We'll get her information here at some point. Mm. But, you know, are there any... Any slowdowns in those services, Jonathan? I don't know if you know, but I'm just curious. Well, no, we, we actually, we've been using quite a bit Diamond Air International, which is a UK-based concierge service. And they, they've actually been appointed British Airways Global Concierge Partner. And so we've been using it for a lot of entertainment accounts, people wanting to, to be met on arrival. The problem is, is that the UK border force are not very consistent with allowing those individuals to be you know, brought to the front of the line. I mean, people are paying quite a bit of money to be met. And obviously their expectations are it means you'll be expedited. Under normal circumstances, that has been the case. But since coronavirus came in, it's kind of a hit and miss right now. But we are able to get some people through. But it, a lot of it depends on who the person is. And, you know, if it's a, a well-known personality, for example, they will be rushed through. But also, you know, at Heathrow, they have the Windsor Suites, which they also have over here is the PS which was called the private suites over here. A lot of people use that. That is, you know, 100% expedited. Well, that's great information and good to know. We've got, uh, we'll jump back into some questions here. Som Kapila, thanks for the questions. We've got two questions here. Well, it's the same one question extent, expanded. Uh, how do I go about applying for a special circumstance certificate from US Embassy for my father to take care of me? And just to elaborate further, they are high-risk pregnancy with twins. I mean, it seems fairly straightforward in regards to, the, that would be granted, I'm guessing, but I don't know 
how would they, where would they even begin, Jonathan? So a lot of people on this call will be aware of what's called the National Interest Exception, which is NIE, which you apply through the US Embassy or the uh, State Department in London. There are a number of ways you can apply. The NIE is primarily for individuals who are of great economic value to this country. And so a good example is we've been helping some productions bring out some producers or directors that basically the production will not happen unless they're here. Uh, and so there's you know, 40, 50 people who will be out of work unless these individuals come in. There are also the ability to apply for an NIE waiver on compassionate grounds. And I'm going to be very honest, we've applied for a number of parents coming in for individuals that are having, their daughters are having babies. Uh, we haven't had one approval so far. They have denied them. There's no rules here. I mean, if you have a, a letter from your specialist um, that states that you have nobody else to care for you and that you do require an individual to come in from the UK to care for you, it is possible. Um, we have helped a number of people that have been having surgery here, major surgery, and they don't have anybody to care for them and they have been approved. But uh, we've received quite a bit of pushback when they've been advised that the individual applying does have a partner here, for example, that they would argue, well, you, you do have somebody here. I mean, again, you know, that person might be working 24-7, so they're not available to assist. Um, but what I would say is the NIE process right now is taking a long time. In the past, uh, we've assisted a number of people who were getting waivers within 48 hours. Uh, right now, you're only allowed to apply for a waiver within 30 days of your intended date of travel. And it has to be while you're resident in the UK. So for example, if you're leaving here to go back to the UK and want to get a waiver to come back into the country, you can only apply for it when you're actually in the UK. So it's a kind of patch 22 because a lot of people don't want to leave if they're not going to get the waiver. Well, you can't get the waiver until you've left. But in this case, yes, you can apply for the waiver. I'd be very happy to, I'll, I'll provide my email address at the end of this. And if anybody wants to reach out to me directly, especially this, this lady, I'd be very happy to talk you through the, the steps to apply for the, the waiver. That's a good, a good segue to Nigel Granger's questions, actually, because he's asking, do you have a website that updates the current rules when they change? Before you answer that, he also asks, what's the difference between quarantine and self-isolation, which is actually a really good question. Jonathan, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what, where you work and all that, and how they can get a hold of you. That would be very, maybe announce your number as well. Sure. So Cornish Travel uh, was started by our CEO, Anastasia Mann, 34 years ago, based in West Hollywood, although I haven't been in West Hollywood for a very long time. Basically, our, our agency works with both corporations and leisure customers. So we, we book travel for large organizations with 10, 20,000 employees. But we also do tailored, individualized leisure packages, cruises. And we also have our own dedicated Africa division. So when everybody is ready to do their African safari, Anastasia's Africa can help you with that. My email address is very, very easy. It is Jonathan, that's J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at Corniche. And Corniche is spelled C-O-R-N-I-C-H-E dot com. So it's Jonathan at Corniche dot com. Alternatively, you can call our office. Our office is staffed 24-7. Um, so you can call the office and speak to one of our team at any time. 
uh, and that number is 310-854-6000. The other yeah, question sorry. that Nigel was saying is quarantine and isolate, self-isolation, what's the difference? That's a really good question. I'm going to I'm have to Google that one. But right now, most individuals who are going back to the UK are staying in family homes. They're staying with their mum and dad. They're staying with their brother and sister. What they're doing is they're staying in a separate room. But obviously, as I've always said, what happens behind closed doors happens behind closed doors. At the end of the day, the UK just requires you to, to be in the same location during that quarantine uh, because they will potentially knock on your door. A lot of people ask me, how realistic is it I'm going to have somebody coming around to knock on the door? So a number of individuals through Brits and LA have reported that they either have received phone calls, and if they haven't received phone calls, some of them have actually had a knock on the door, even from the police, just to verify that they are actually staying at that address. It's very inconsistent. There's no way of telling uh, whether or not you're going to be seen. One of the things that was interesting, a friend of mine recently told me he thinks the reason why he had the police was because he had his cell phone switched off. And he's thinking, uh, he, he did actually check and he had messages. So I'm wondering if that was why. So it might be wise to keep your phones on and just answer them. Just say, hey, yeah, I'm here. And then you won't need to have anybody coming around to, to check you're actually staying there. But Absolutely. I think you are okay. As long as you are in quarantine at a property, you can stay with family, friends, etc. But officially, you're supposed to have a separate area for you to, to quarantine. And how about coming out here then, Jonathan? You know, everyone, there's been lots of instances of people going to Mexico for 14 days and then getting into the country that way. Just walk everyone, you know, just kind of like an abbreviated discussion. Yep. What does that take? Just give us a scenario so people can understand it. So we've helped a lot of parents come out here for their expectant daughters, and we've helped them come out via primarily Mexico. Uh, and the reason for that, is because there are direct flights from uh, Gatwick to Cancun twice a week and also Heathrow to Mexico City. And so Mexico is, a, is an easier destination to come via because you're not required to quarantine on arrival. There is no requirement for tests, so you don't have to get a PCR or a rapid antigen test before you depart. You are required to fill in some paperwork before you get to Mexico. But basically, you do that, you fly into Mexico, you spend 14 full days. Most people spend 15 days just because uh, it is 14 times 24 hours. And then you stay at a resort that most of the resorts now in Cancun actually have on-site testing. So you don't even have to leave the resort to go and find a clinic to get your COVID-19 test within 72 hours of your departure for the U.S., we haven't had any of our clients have an issue. The only ones who have had an issue are those who've tried to return too quickly, will enter the US too soon. And the airlines, because they get fined if they bring in anybody under the, the 14 full days. So most people do a full 15 days. Uh, and then you have a ticket that takes you London, Cancun, Cancun, LA, and then LA, London for your return trip. Pretty straightforward, in fact. And um... It is. But you can go, there are other destinations, people are going via Istanbul, again, direct flights, Istanbul, Istanbul, LA, and also Barbados, St. Lucia, Antigua, and we've helped people go by there as well. It's all really down to personal preference and cost. It's 14 days in all those locations. Still, again, you have to prove you've been outside the EU or UK, or sorry, Schengen countries or the UK for a full 14 days, 14 times 24 hours. We have a few more questions here, but I think what we'll do, let's see if we can bring in our faithful friend, Sandro, 
I know he had a couple of questions and Jonathan. I have his questions know. here, so I'll be happy to answer them. Wait for the shirt. Let's see. Don't yeah, disappoint you know, us, Sandro. Not in the bath or anything, Sandro. <laughs> okay. How are you? I'm very good. I'm not sure if you can see my camera, but uh, I am wearing parrots. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting the Hawaiian shirt vibe. Uh, yeah, I had a couple of questions that uh, I think are sort of pretty uh, universal. Jonathan, if you have them in uh, in front of you, could you yes. ask whichever one hasn't been answered yet? Yes. So your first question was related to what's different between the regulation demands compared to a month ago. So I think really, yeah, we did cover that one basically that for us, there's no change. The only change really is for those who are Brits visiting the US, returning home, come the 19th, they won't need to quarantine in the UK anymore. They will be required to still have a test, but not quarantine. And then you said, how many days do you have to quarantine at the same address in England now, if any? What tests are required during that period? And do you book those in advance via the airline? And if not, where? So yeah, so going back to the UK, firstly, you have to pre-book your day two and day eight tests which will be sent to your home address or wherever you're staying. You do have the option of the day five test to release test, which is an additional test at an additional cost. It's a more intense test, but what it does mean if you, after day five, do pass that test, you will be able to leave quarantine as soon as you get those test results back. So it shaves off. What does a more intense test mean? <laughs> I'm not going to go into it right now, because honestly, I don't know. I don't know. All I've been told it's more intense. So it may be... I don't know, further up the nose, I don't know. But basically, it's. I think it's a more, probably intense is the wrong word, in-depth test and more expensive. And then when you get that test result back, you're effectively free to go, which could be the next day. It could be Thanks. a couple of days. There's no sort of consistency, unfortunately. So Thank you. Um, the return from England to LA, you were vaccinated in the US. What documents or further tests are needed to gain entry back into the States and where do you arrange such tests? So again, you are required within 72 hours of your departure from the US to get a negative COVID-19 PCR or antigen test. Uh, most people go with the antigen tests because they're cheaper and they're quicker. The test results you can get normally within an hour. Those test results, you can, there are so many providers, Sandro, the UK government does provide a list and it's growing every day. The other option is that you can actually get the test at the airport. There's a number of providers at Heathrow that can give you the test on the day. And then subject to you having that negative test, again, antigen is completely fine. Then you are permitted to, to board the aircraft. If you're coming back to LA, you are required to complete a form, which can be found on the LA City website. It's a very simple form, just acknowledging that um, if you're not vaccinated, you are required to quarantine when you return to LA. If you are fully vaccinated, you're good to go uh, once you get back. Thanks. Uh, comprehensive and uh, compelling and clear as always. So keep up the great work. Thank you, Sandro. Thank you, Sandro. We'll see you soon, buddy. Okay, Jonathan, more questions. So where we kicked off on the Q&A, you know, gosh, really, I'm just getting the sense. I know everyone's trying their hardest, but it does. There's a lot of confusion. And at some point, there's going to be, do you think there's going to be, we're going to see some further kind of regulation or a regulation board set up on this? Because it really feels like that this hypersensitive attitude towards travel is probably here to stay for a bit longer. What do you think we can see in the not too distant future? Well, it's very clear the US and UK are working 
together to try and come up with a response and regulations for everybody to be able to travel. I think the one thing we have to accept is that for the short to medium term, testing is here to stay. Even if we are now allowed to travel to the UK because we're fully vaccinated, there will be some form of test while you're in the UK, whether it's going to be a daily test where it's only on day two, that testing will remain and that you'll probably find that airlines will still require that you get the COVID-19 test before you leave the country as well. So I think one thing we are also seeing is that the cost of testing is coming down, which is a good thing, because obviously a family of four right now having to go to the UK, you need four times the departure test, four times, well, depending on the age of, of your children, but four times the tests that you need to do on day two and eight in the UK, and then obviously the return tests as well. So it adds so much to the cost of your ticket. But I think that there is a logical next step. And I think the logical next step is, is starting with fully vaccinated travellers, regardless of whether or not they're UK nationals vaccinated through the NHS or not. As long as the UK recognises the vaccination, that that will be the next step, that they'll start opening up. Whether or not they're going to open up everywhere, I was looking at BA's schedule in August. So BA is definitely increasing their flights in August. But again, there's a lot of destinations that aren't coming back. You know, right now they are looking at opening Tampa and Orlando in August and potentially increasing Los Angeles to two flights a day and increasing New York, I think, is to four flights a day. But there's a lot of gaps. You know, a lot of the destinations they used to serve aren't opening up right now. And I think it's a case of they have to be cautious because they can't be operating empty aircraft. Gosh, there's just so many different things that go into this, aren't there? It's not just uh, mm-hmm. getting on the plane anymore. Hannah White Oak, lovely to have you here. Hannah, thanks for your question. Hannah's asking, touching on re-entry into the US. I'm sure mm-hmm. you have this question already. But as an L1 HB1 visa holder, currently we have to quarantine another country for the 14 days whereas green card and citizens can enter directly. Has there been, I think you've, got, you've obviously hinted on this a little bit, and I would just add to that, Jonathan, July 19th, which is Monday in England, there's going to be certain restrictions loosened and, and all of that. Is that going to have any effect on travel to, to the States, do you think? I don't see it personally. I think No, it it, it, it's not going to have any. And I think that, you know, we've already seen today LA County now mandating mask wearing again indoors and there's a lot of you know sandra knows better than us our cnn correspondent but basically there's a lot of talk about what what's the uk honestly going to do on the 19th because the numbers continue to climb on a daily basis Um, and i think part of the reason behind why they've mandated mask wearing again here in california is because the delta variant numbers are just climbing consistently but it's not going to have any impact. But back to Hannah's question, we're not hearing any rumours of it changing for visa holders. And one thing which is a positive, but also could be deemed a negative, is the NIE process has changed in the last week, um, whereby they are now allowing those who've been approved, their NIE will now be valid for 12 months. So in the past, the NIE was valid for a single entry. They're now, they've changed the regulations that if you're approved for an NIE, you are approved for 12 months from the date of approval and for multiple entries, subject to you entering for the same reason. So if you said you were entering because you're coming in to do a documentary, you'd have to be coming in to do a documentary again in order to be allowed to come in. How they'll police that, I don't know. 
But the other good news about that is that individuals who've had NIEs in the past and that are effectively within that 12-month window can still use those NIEs that they were previously approved. And so I've got a lot of customers I've reached out to and said, don't worry about applying again because you now are effectively covered for 12 months from the initial date of your approval. The only question I have, and, and I can't get an answer right now, is why are they extending it to 12 months? If we're about to open up borders, why do we need NIEs that are valid for 12 months now? So I, I'm seeing it as a positive, but there's also a lot of questions uh, that come with it as well. Gosh, no, there really are minefield. Jill Littley, I believe you have to put your COVID-19 test before you arrive at the airport for day two and eight. Is there a national firm that you recommend, Jonathan? There's actually a, there's a few really good firms out there. I mean, it's all down to cost it's and reliability. So if you want to talk about reliability, there's a company called Signpost, C-I-G-N-P-O-S-T, Diagnostics. We've been using because they've been consistent. We haven't had any complaints. We've used a few other providers and they've been, you know, hit and miss. But obviously, if you are intending to, you have a tight schedule and need to get out of quarantine as soon as you can, you want somebody to rely on. So Signpost are great because they've actually given me a customer service person I can reach out to with any questions. So yes, if anybody wants to, has any more questions related to uh, testing, let me know and I, I can certainly reach out to this signpost. It's a UK-based company. Um, and the other thing I'd say, her question was about the, was it about when you need to book it? So yeah, you do need to pre-book it because when you complete the UK government passenger locator form, which you have to complete before you get to the airport, you do need to put in there a confirmation of, of your testing booking. So you get a code when you book the tests. And when you fill out that form, you have to include that in there. And you have to be very careful because we know that um, one of our, our friends from Brits in LA um, actually got dinged a thousand pounds when he arrived in London because he hadn't booked it correctly. Not certain what happened, but he hadn't got an actual booking. So they made him stay at the airport, book the tests and find him a thousand pounds there and then. So just make sure you get all that prepared well before. And also... Welcome to London. Welcome <laughs> home. Welcome home. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler, for carry on. So, um, so yeah, I think that was that. I did have a, another question here, which was related to one of the ones we got earlier, uh, was related to green card holder with US citizen spouse traveling on to Europe, specifically Portugal, in early mid-September and finally back into the US. So, so yes, you're, you're fine there. There is no requirement. There's no mandatory testing if you're fully vaccinated. But there is a, a mandatory COVID-19 test on day six and day 12 if you're going to the Azores. So it's really dependent on where in Portugal you're going to. And then, of course, if you do come back to the UK, then you have to go back into quarantine again because Portugal is currently on the, the amber list. And then coming back to the US again, you have to get the testing before you uh, leave either Portugal or the UK before you can, uh, you can continue on. And, and then one other one, James, I just wanted to cover off was related to, there's a question we got from Jackie from the BABC in Orange County. And it was related, it was a bit more in depth talking about how do you get your money back on other ground arrangements? So bed and breakfast, ferries, trains, et cetera, et cetera. That's not an easy one to answer because it depends on the supplier. But in a lot of cases we're finding right now, like the airlines, if you elect to cancel, you will either get a uh, credit 
or you may even lose the value of your ticket. The airlines right now are being very, very flexible. So most airlines will just simply give you a travel credit that you can use at a different date. If the airline cancels on you, that's a different story. If the airline cancels on you, you then are entitled to get a, a refund of your ticket. But if you are just saying, you know what, I'd rather not travel, that really is down to a discussion with each individual supplier, sadly. I've got three questions here. Believe it or not, we are almost out of time. So I want to make sure we answer as much as possible. Yep. So we we'll do a quick fire round. We've got three questions here. Uh, Zoe's Noten, I think is how I pronounce it. Sorry for the pronunciation. I apologize. I know we need to take a PCR test 72 hours before we travel, but when does the 72 hours expire? Is it when we check in or when we arrive from our flight from LAX into the UK? That's a great question. So number one, Zoe, you don't have to have a PCR. You can have an antigen test, which is the lower price test. So it's really your choice. A lot of people get the PCR test because it is, and I'll reword thanks to Sandro's comments, it's not intense. It's a little bit more in depth. But basically, if you're visiting relatives, a lot of people go for the PCR because it's a lot more accurate versus the antigen. You know, there's still a little bit of leeway. But you need to get it within 72 hours of your departure from Los Angeles. Thanks, Jonathan. Okay, Nigel, with another quick follow-up. What are the implications of, I think you answered this, visiting a third country whilst visiting the UK? What you need to remember, the way I always remember this is, it's not the nationality, your nationality, it's where you're coming from. So, for example, if you are traveling to the UK right now, it doesn't matter if you're American, Croatian, British, it does matter if you're South African, because if you're coming from South Africa, that's a red country and you need to go into hotel quarantine. Um, but if you're coming from the US or, or any other amber country, it doesn't matter what your nationality is. So similar to you going to the UK and then going on to Portugal, Italy, you're coming from the UK. That's the critical part. Or if you've been in the US in the last 14 days, then obviously that's again, a critical piece. But right now, you're not having big issues with going into Europe. But the problem is, the UK keeps bouncing European countries in and out of the amber list. For example, there's been a change to the green list, which is effective on the 19th. And they even have countries on there that are what they call on the green watch list. So Croatia right now, which a lot of people are using as a third country to come via when they go into the US, Croatia is on the green watch list right now. So what they're saying is it could potentially slide into amber if the numbers don't come under control. So what's the implications? Well, it means if you are returning back via Croatia to go back to the UK, you could have gone through there no problem. But on the way home, you potentially may have to quarantine again when you get back to the UK. So the biggest issue is that the UK keeps changing the classification for these countries. Right now, Hong Kong's fine, Malta's fine, Israel's fine, but these countries tend to come in and out based on, obviously, infection rates. I've heard it's taken, uh, Ellie's asking a great question, six to eight weeks to get approval on the NEIE, and you just answered this. It takes, usually could take, well, now you have to only do it 30 days prior to travel. Yeah, you can only submit days. 30 days before your intended date of travel. However, we are getting responses outside of 30 days. The State Department being, although we, we're not allowed to ask for the status of an application, they have been sending us sort of standardized you know, responses which state that due to the current workload, it is possible that these applications will be processed outside of 30 days. So although 
you're only allowed to apply within 30 days, you may not get the approval before you intend to travel. So six to eight weeks, in some cases, yes, uh, but in some cases it's less. They have also stated that they do go through the applications based on when they're received. You can't jump the line unless it's a compassionate request. Then obviously that's a, that's a different story. But under normal circumstances, I would say six to eight weeks is probably relatively realistic right now. Yes. Zoe asking another quick question. How far in advance do you need to fill in the passenger locator form and book your two? Oh, we already asked. I asked you this question. No, no, this was, we didn't talk about the passenger locator form. So the okay, passenger sorry. locator form is slightly sorry, different. Sorry. Just to confuse everybody. So the test, you can do 72 hours before you depart, but the passenger locator form can only be filled in 48 hours before you arrive in the UK. So it's slightly different, but that's why a lot of people saying, I can't fill in the form now. Well, that's because it has to be within 48 hours of your actual arrival into the UK. And hopefully that answered that one, Zoe. And then this moving on to Joe Stevens. Joe's got a great question here. Yep. And it's Jonathan, is it possible to route to UK via a green list country rather than quarantining? I think it's a great idea. I'm not sure it's possible. And if, if so, for how long do you need to stay there? So back to my former point was it's about where you originate. So if you are going in, let's say via the Falkland Islands, because the Falkland Islands is currently a, a green country or a green island. So if there were direct flights from the Falkland Islands, the UK would say, where have you been in the last 14 days? And straight away, there's an issue because you've been in the US within the last 14 days. So although, Joe, a great idea, unfortunately, at this stage, it's all about where you originated and you will be asked, where have you been in the last 14 days? And then you are required to obviously stay, well, I came from the US, so you would then have to quarantine. Jonathan, it sounds like we're going to be doing this again, I think. There's so many questions. Well, I'm hoping it'll so be. Changes. I'm hoping it'll be with some really good news soon. James, thank you. James stays on top of me because he likes to make sure that as the community we are all well informed. And what I can assure you is that if we have an update that is pertinent, James will ensure that we get a webinar out there immediately so that we can start answering questions and ensure that people get out there and fly. One thing I would say is. When the UK government does lift restrictions for quarantining in the UK, just be mindful of the fact that the world and their dog will be booking flights up like there's no tomorrow. So people have asked me, so is it worth waiting to see if you know the prices come down? In this case, no. You book as soon as you can because the airlines will try and respond with adding capacity, but they themselves are challenged because they've got a lot of furloughed people, they've got a train cabin crew, pilots, et cetera. So it will be a gradual increase in capacity. Really just, if you find a great price, book it because it's highly unlikely it's gonna come down. Thanks, Jonathan. And for those of you listening, if you are thinking about traveling anywhere in the world, please take a moment to just take down this information from Jonathan because he is my go-to guy. He's a lot of my friends' go-to guys and he's a lot of your go-to guy. Jonathan, what's your info? So again, my email address is Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at Corniche, C-O-R-N-I-C-H-E dot com, Jonathan at Corniche dot com, or our phone number is 310-854-6000. We've got a great team who uh, many people can help you out there. Obviously, if you want to talk to me directly, 
please send me an email. And I'm pleased to see we've I've already got some emails during this uh, this meeting. So thank you to everybody who's uh, who's reached out. Thank you everyone for listening. My name is James Langridge. You've been listening to Jonathan Cowley from Corniche. Jonathan, thank you again. This is another BABC LA live podcast. We're recording it. We'll send it out afterwards. Any questions that come up, please take a second to come back to us and let us know. Thanks for tuning in today and we'll see you soon. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, James. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite platform. Your likes and reviews really do help us reach new listeners.